5. Matthew chapter 5. And I'm going to continue on with this series. And I'm just letting you know, I'm not like stopping and starting on purpose. I know many of you watch TV shows and, and you know, like your, your favorite TV series, like it, it goes for like three, they have three or four episodes and they'll say, this is the end of the season, wait till next season. So what I'm doing with this sermon series, because the Sermon on the Mount, there's a lot to it. And, and part of me just wanted to kind of touch over things. And I, I, the Lord just, some of them I will, but some of them I can't. And so what's going to happen is I'm going to give these to you in installments. Is that okay? You don't care anyway. You're like, whatever, Pastor. It's fine. I don't care. As long as you... So I'm going to give these two installments. We'll do them for three or four weeks or five weeks. And then we'll, we'll do another little mini-series. And then I'll come back to this because this is so powerful. The words of Jesus are powerful. Amen? Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. Aren't you excited that we can talk about anger today? I'm excited about this, really. Because I have anger issues. And so do you, by the way. Everyone has anger issues. Something angers us all. So Matthew 5, 21. Here we go. Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said to, to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone, listen, who is angry, oh man, seriously, who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Verse 23, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. And I'll go ahead and read the next two. Verse, verse 25, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out of it until you have paid the last penny. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to grow in the word today. We don't want to just hear the word, we want the word to change us. And you say, Lord God, in your word in Romans, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Would you help us to get control of our anger? Lord, anger can destroy relationships. It can cause us to do things that aren't right. So, Lord, help every one of us, because every one of us have an anger issue. Every one of us have hot button things that get us going. So help us all, Lord. Help us to hear the words of Jesus. And, Lord, put them into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. You good? You see, the longer that I'm alive... And by the way, I just turned 49 a couple weeks ago, and I was a criminal. I, was, I didn't even know this. Let me tell you this story. I was an outlaw when I turned 49. Seriously. I was breaking the law, and I didn't even know it. You see, my driver's license expired. And when you get 40, and <clears throat> you get over 40, you have to get an eye test. I forgot all about it. So here I'm driving with an expired license, praying, Jesus, I'm a criminal. I'd see a cop, and, hey, what's going on, you know? Make sure I'm going like, you know, just right at the speed limit or below it, smiling. Man, what, I just, I don't know about you, but I just like, oh, anyway, just kidding. The older I get, though, the more important that I see relationships are important. Family, friends, church members, coworkers, neighbors. The, the more that I, the more older, the, the older and wiser hopefully I'm getting is that I take them for granted sometimes. And what happens is that sometimes with those who are closer, with more intimate, with we become a little more more raw or, or maybe sometimes undisciplined. And something that you and I need to understand is that, that human relationships, good or bad, will greatly affect our relationship with our Heavenly Father. 
And that's what Jesus was talking about this morning. He was saying, if your relationship with people on the earth is not right, your relationship with God is not going to be what it should be. Amen? And so here is, he, 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 he takes, he talks just about the ultimate the relationship. He doesn't come to abolish the Old Testament. Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. But he didn't come to give religious, religious exercise because here the, the children of Israel, the Jewish people, were under religious laws. The Pharisees and the Sanhedrin held them to these external rules. If you do this, you do this, you'll be right. Jesus is saying, that's, that's fine, but let's deal with your heart because there's anger there. And, and in your heart, anger can become murder. Hear what I have to say today, okay? He knew that anger could kill. Not only could you physically kill someone, but you could kill relationships. You could kill a workplace. You could kill a church. You could kill a nation by being angry in your heart. Are you good? Let's hear what God is going to say. So the first thing that Jesus talks about, and he says, he says right away, you've heard that it's been said, people too long ago do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But he says this, I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. It's interesting that here in this, this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus goes from the Beatitudes to, to the Salt and Light. He talks about the fulfillment of the law. I've come to fulfill it. And then he goes right to the Sixth Commandment. He doesn't, go, he doesn't go in chronic order 1, 2, 3, 4. He goes right to the sixth commandment. He says, you've heard that murder is wrong and you'll be judged, but also anger in your heart, you will be judged. It's interesting, right? Because Jesus knew murder begins where? It begins in your heart. It becomes because there's bitterness, there's hate, there's anger, there's jealousy. And the commandment deals with, with the internal heart of the state of our heart. In fact, Paul says this in Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. He says, check this out. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. He, so he kind of summed up what Jesus was saying. You've got to get rid of this stuff because it's going to kill you. And there are many of us in this room, and myself included, we sometimes hold on to anger. We hold on to bitterness. We hold on to rage. We hold on to these things and it's going to kill us. Come on, amen? And Jesus went right to the straight of the heart. He says, you've heard that murder is wrong, but hate in your heart is just as bad as murdering a person. This is what he was saying. Paul then recapitulates and says, hey, get rid of this junk. Jesus begins with a very selfish act, murder. You see, murder is committed when a person removes another human from this life with no concern for that person's life or that person's family. Murder is selfish. That person who murders, they get into themselves, they hate, they see a person as an object of hate. They hate that person for whatever reason and they begin to, they just become obsessed with getting rid of that person. That is evil. And it's the same thing when you're angry with someone, you're just obsessed, I'm angry, I'm angry, and it's, it just, it's the same concept. Because anger leads to murder. Wow, you guys, I didn't come to church for this. Yes, you did. I came to church for this because I need to hear this message. Amen? You see, the origin of murder is in the heart. Matthew 15, 19. Jesus says this later on. For out of the heart, check this out, from out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. It's interesting that all that's there right in the same. Let me read it again. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. God says this comes in the heart. So what happens is murder exposes the intent of the heart. People that want to murder, again, because they are obsessed with hate, they're obsessed with anger, they're mad at someone. And hate is selfish. Just say hate is selfish. 
Love is selfless. Okay? So check this out. The sixth commandment, it states that murder is taking another person's life. Say murder is taking another person's life. Now let me, let me give you a little theology here real quick. Specifically, it's speaking about in cold blood, someone God says thou shall not kill or you should not murder. You should not in that concept means you should not in cold blood go kill someone for whatever reason. This does not mean animals or plants. I see bumper stickers, meat is murder. And I say, no, meat is good. Praise God for meat, amen? I mean, if you're going to go that route, then you might as well stop eating plants because you're killing plants too. You better stop breathing air because you're, you're killing air. You see how foolish that concept is? And so people say, well, you know, it, it, God wasn't talking about animals because it says in Genesis, you're, you're to be stewards of the animals. And then later he says, eat it. Then bacon is good. Shrimp is good. Steak is good. Tofu is good. Man, I love it all. Bring it on. Amen. But so murder is dealing with people, not animals. It's about someone in cold blood. It's not about, check this out, because then we have this concept, we have this humanism says, well, well, you shouldn't defend yourself. You shouldn't defend your family. A country shouldn't defend. That's murder. No, that's not. That is defending. Let me tell you, if someone breaks into my house at nighttime, the love of God is going to sit back and the defense of God, the Father, is going to come out. And I'm going to beat someone's face in if they come into my house. And I've got some things ready for them, too. Because that's my goal as my family. I'm supposed to defend my family. And so if I defend someone and they expire, muerte, you know, they, thanatos, they die, because they come to my house to call, they have evil intent, too bad. I didn't murder them, I defended my family. So when a, a, a nation invades another nation or blows up people and you defend yourself, that's not murder. Amen. Then the other end, because I hate murder, I hate people dying, I don't want to see anyone die, neither does God. But then when, if, a, if a murderer goes and kills someone and then the country says, we're going to kill you because you killed someone. Well, you're murdering him. No, he murdered other people or she murdered other people. The Bible's very clear. You've got to get free of the secular humanism that's messing up the laws of God. Amen? A little extra. That was free. No charge. The sixth commandment states that, again, murder is taking another person's life. But check this out. Let me go to the next step. This is what Jesus is saying. You're not going to like this. Gossip. Gossip can be murder as well. What? Where is that at, Pastor Stan? Is that in the Greek? Yes, it is. The tongue can destroy another person forever. And man, this is what God was slapping me all up and down the face about this. Like, Lord, oh God, help me, help me, help me. The tongue, with one word, with one word, you and I can ruin another person's life by falsely accusing them or by falsely labeling them. Come on, amen? We label a lot of people. And when did God make you the label maker? That's not your job to be labeling people. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're not the judge. Come on, amen? You're not the maker. Come on, say, I am not the maker or the label maker. Okay, that's not your job. So, so when you gossip, when you slander, you've got to guard your language. I have to guard my language. We're not to judge someone else. We're not to label them. Amen? And if we, we intentionally 
gossip about them or slander them, we are intentionally killing their influence. I remember, again, playing football. Uh, loved the sport. Tackle football, you know. And in high school, there was this kid, and, and, and uh, I'm not even going to mention his name, but this kid, he was a pretty good football player, kind of hung around some bad people, but one of the, our other players, a couple of the players, the coach was saying, where is so-and-so at today? Or, you know, where is he? I haven't seen him. And, and one of the other players said, he's a stoner, coach. And let me tell you, the way the coach treated him from that point was a lot different. Because that teammate labeled this person as a stoner. You know what I'm talking about? Stoner, mota, you know, marijuana, you know. So they said, this guy's a stoner, coach. True or not, but then the coaches rode this guy and was hard on this guy, and this kid eventually quit the football team. And I often think about that. I said, because someone labeled him, true or false, the coach changed. How many times that happened? Someone comes to work, right? Though they're a ping, and how do you treat them? Or, or, you know, when your customer says, oh, here comes, you know, so-and-so there, ding, right? Come on. Oh, here comes the boss. She's up, label, and you what? Right? Come on. So you have to be careful because when we label people, when we gossip them, when we question their integrity, we damage their reputation. It can be just like murder. Isn't this good stuff? You see, murder is a self-centered act just as carrying anger in your heart. Being angry at people all the time is a self-centered act. And anger, if it's not dealt with, can cause a lot of problems. Number two, judgment. Let me move on, because I've got to move on. Judgment. Just as a person who commits murder is judged by a court, a person, check this out, a person who lives in anger will be judged by God. That scares me more than dealing with a court. Here's why. Because God can see and he knows all that happens in our hearts. Amen? You see this? Sometimes people do get away with murder. Sometimes they don't. But because anger is so deadly to a person's life, God wants to deal with it. He doesn't want you living in anger. He doesn't want you living in bitterness. He doesn't want you living in pain. In fact, Numbers 32, 23, basically it says, a group of the children of Israel, they were going to the promised land, and, and they, these guys said, hey, our, our, our promised land is still on this side of the Jordan, and, and, and we, want to, we want to build up our cities. And they said, you have to first help us conquer the other side of the Jordan. And he says, keep your word, because if you don't, your sins will find you out. You see, our sins will find us out. Anger will, 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 come, will come out, right? Numbers 20, 32, 23. And here's what Jesus said. He goes on, Matthew 12. He says, what's in your heart makes its way out. In fact, this is, Jesus was just so loving. You brood of vipers. Isn't that awesome? How can you, you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, or the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you, check this out. This is where you and I need to pay attention. Underline the circle this if you want to, or whatever. Mentally remember this. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will will be condemned. That's scary. So my flippant words about someone, my words when I label someone, I call them something, God says, Man, hey Stan, I'm, I'm keeping record of all those things that you're just saying. You better get it right. And that's what God is saying. Amen? Because one day, those who get away with murder, those who abort babies, those who have malicious gossip or slander or destroy someone's reputation, we're all going to stand before God. 
And either we're going to be dealt with now or later. We must not allow anger or judgment to roll us. Amen? Now, let me move on. I'm excited. Thanks, Pastor. Number three, okay? Not all anger is evil, okay? Jesus matches murder and anger together. And before that time, the Mosaic Law never dealt with human anger. And so Jesus was dealing with human anger because before it mentions the anger of God, God can get angry. But never did it deal about anger about people of the same tribe or, or people of a different, uh, different race. And so the law was concerned about external behavior. But Jesus, as always, he raised the bar. He raised the bar and said, staying with your ang- with your bro- angry with your brother is destructive. Amen? However, not all anger is evil because there's righteous anger. Jesus portrayed righteous anger when he cleansed out the, the temple of the money changers, right? Come on. There is good anger that stirs us to action when we see people being exploited or abused. That should make you angry. We should be angry at the devil when he robs and steals from you or your family or enslaves us. Amen? But as humans, we struggle with anger and we must keep it in check. Here's what Ephesians 4, 29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for others. Oh, why did God put that there? Come on, right? Others come up according to, their need, according to their needs and that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Check this out now. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ forgave you. You see, others may not know what's in your heart, but God knows what's in your heart. I might fool you, but I can't fool God. Amen? So I, I, wish, I wish I had control of my anger. And, and sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. Let's talk about then the root of anger. The fourth thing. Where does anger begin? Well, it's always rooted in the heart. Right? Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Make every effort, listen, make every effort to live in peace with all men and, be, and to be holy. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You see, anger is in the heart of every person thanks to Adam and Eve. Now you can see, I'm angry at Adam and Eve. Well, you're human, okay? So it's, it's original sin. 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Every human must deal with anger. You see, every one of us, some of you say, Pastor, I, man, I'm, just, I'm free and I don't have anger. I, I bet you I, I could find something to anger you about. It's a gift I have. It's not always a good gift. But it's a gift. Not the best gift, but it's a gift. And you see, every one of us has something that angers us. Everyone does it. Say, everyone has anger. All right, those of you who are angry at me now, too bad. (laughs) You see, if we're not careful, anger will destroy our relationships, our, our life. And we can only overcome anger through the help of Jesus Christ. Come on, amen? We will never get to the root of anger if we try to explain it away. It's the Sicilian in me. It's the Asian. It's the Indian. It's the blah, 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 the German. It's the whatever. If you try to explain it away, you're not going to get to the root of it. And that is everyone has anger. Amen? It says the root of bitterness can cause us to miss the grace of God. James 1.20 says this. Check this out. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. You see, if I allow anger to rule my life, God's grace does not come out. Amen? Come on, are you good? 
Let's talk about the degrees of anger because I want to finish. The degrees of anger, number five, in your anger, Ephesians 4.26, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. You see, this scripture is proof that you and I can be angry and not sin. It's proof that we can overcome anger. And there's different degrees of anger. There's various types of angers, right? So how do you and I tell the difference between righteous anger and anger that is sinful? Well, the question might be, Pastor, can righteous anger become carnal anger? Absolutely. What is righteous anger? Well, it's when the Spirit of God prompts you and reveals His indignation about something. What angers me is abortion. It angers me. What angers me is that people are being exploited. What angers me is when the devil robs. That angers me. I get mad. That's God moving in my heart to be angry. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the anger from God, there'll be no personal feelings. I'm not mad at people. I'm mad at the devil. I will not be abrasive. If I'm abrasive, then that's not godly anger. Come on, amen? Then there's judgmental anger. Judgmental anger. This is where, again, Jesus referred to calling a person uh, either raka or a fool. So, so there's jealous anger and judgmental anger. Let me go back to jealous anger. I almost skipped over that. Jealous anger is when you call someone raka. It means this. The word here, the Greek word, really means stupid, idiot, or in our language, brain dead. So he, Jesus was saying, if you say someone is an idiot, they're stupid, or they're brain dead, you will be brought before the Sanhedrin. When you verbally say they are dumb, they're just, they're missing. I mean, we all do it. We all say it. But did you notice when you're jealous, you always want to try to knock someone down. Do you notice that? When you and I are jealous about someone and anger gets all those, we, our first thing is to knock them down. Calling them names. Oh, they're this. They're this. They do that because they're dumb. Are you really, are you, do we really know that? Come on, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of saying that idiot, that crazy guy, that, that was fool, you know, whatever. We don't, want, we don't like to admit that we're jealous. So we attack and insult those. Then now the judgmental anger. Then Jesus goes to the next step. He says, don't call people idiots. But then he says, fool. He says, don't call a person fool. And this word, the, the word fool here, the Greek word is mori, where we get the word moron. Now, unfortunately, in our language today, moron and idiot are synonymous. But in this time, raka meant idiot, brain dead, blockhead. Fool meant this person has abandoned the faith and they're going to go to hell. So he's saying, you're an idiotic fool. Saying you're brain dead, but you're also going to go to hell because you've, you have sinned against God. And so you and I got to be careful because you and I are not meant to judge people. Come on. All those Democrats, all those Republicans, all those black people, those white people, those Asians, those Indians, those Latinos. Be careful. You're not the judge. Come on. Amen? Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Come on, amen? You see, with Raka, we, we, we insult some of the intelligence. Oh, and with fool, we've decided that that person decides that they, are go to, they go to hell. Or they're just whatever. They're worthless. So be careful because judgmental anger is very dangerous. And judgment belongs to God alone. Amen? Come on, amen? We should never claim, and I've been guilty of this, never, we should never claim that we know what's in a person's heart. There's sometimes an indication there, but we never really know deeply what's in there. Only God knows that. Amen?
Let's talk about the dangers of anger. Are you doing good? This is good stuff. Amen. The dangers of anger. Again, Ephesians 4, 30 and 32 to 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, anger, rage. I, I flipped those. Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. You see, when you and I live in a state of constant anger, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We hurt Him. He's disappointed in us. And grieving the Holy Spirit is not the same as blasphemy. It's not the same, okay? So you can be forgiven of grieving the Holy Spirit. You can come back. You can, but God was saying, Jesus was saying, when you vocalize your anger, you're getting yourself down a road that you're grieving the Holy Spirit in you. When you start vocalizing it. So here's the next thing that Jesus said. You are not guilty of judgment also, but then it says, you will be in the, in the danger of the fire of hell. Now, the word, the word hell here is Guyana. It, means, it, means, it doesn't mean, the, fire, it doesn't mean uh, the lake of fire, which is Hades. But this is mean you're in trouble of, of possible judgment and allowing the devil to have his way in life. Let me talk about what, what I mean by this. Does this mean that we will go to hell because we vocalize anger? I think Jesus was talking more specifically about James 3, 5 through 6, when it says, likewise, the tongue, check this out, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a, a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Here it is, verse 6. The tongue also is a fire. The world of evil among the parts of the body it corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and it itself set on fire by hell. So I believe Jesus is saying, your little tongue, when you start bad-mouthing people, when you start vocalizing in anger, what you're doing is you're grieving the Holy Spirit and God begins to step back a little bit and then this is what the, the Bible calls you give the devil a foothold into your life. When you start attacking everybody, when you start being angry with everybody, you, God is saying, I'm so grieved by that, it hurts me. He steps back and the devil's like, yeah, let's come on, pour it on. You, yeah, they deserve it. Yeah, they're stupid, they're ugly, they're rich, they're poor, whatever. And, and he just pours it on and you like, ah, yeah. It feels good. Ah. Come on. So you, you got to expend some energy sometimes. But this is not good because we let the devil play with our mouths. And many of us know that we have said things in anger and we regret to this day. I wish I would have never said that. Why? Because you grieve the Holy Spirit and you allow anger to control your life. And the devil's like, yeah, let me pour on some more fire. Come on. Come on. Keep it up. Here's some more gasoline. You keep saying that. It's good for you. And while then all your relationships are being burned, you're being burned. And the devil's laughing at us. So God is saying, don't allow that to happen. Amen? Let's talk about internal anger, external anger as I'm getting down to it. Internal anger, Matthew again now says, Matthew 5, Jesus says, Therefore, if you have an offering, you're offering your gift on the altar. And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. In other words, internal anger will negatively hamper our relationship with God. How we treat others is a direct, has a direct bearing. How we treat someone, if we're angry at them, has a direct bearing on our relationship with God. And how many times have we come in here during worship time and we're trying to, trying to sing those songs, but we're angry. Oh, and you look over, oh yeah, there they are. Look at them. 
can you, can you believe that they're raising their hands like that? Oh my goodness, what a joke. Who is being blessed here? Not you. Not me. And God is saying, I want to touch you, but I can't touch you because you are full of anger. And so you have this internal anger and it keeps you from entering the presence of God. Maybe you were hurt. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were taken advantage. God can heal you of that. Amen? Bitterness in our hearts must be dealt with. He's saying you've got to get over it. I am the judge. I will deal with everyone. See, when you come to worship and things aren't right with people around you, things aren't right with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this internal anger prevents us. You can go on a 40-day fast. You can pray a thousand hours. But if there's still bitterness in your heart, worship means nothing. Oh, that pastor, that president, that boss, that parent, my coworker, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my spouse, whatever, that, that, whoever. And if you're consumed that whole time, you're never getting in the out of God because you're just consumed with that person. Do you see what I'm saying? Internal anger will destroy your life. And if bitterness is not dealt with your relationship with God, it will never be what it should be. In fact, 1 Corinthians talks about love. True love is this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Check this out. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And here's the big one. It keeps no records of wrongs. But hate is the opposite. Hate, anger, bitterness keeps records of wrongs. Today, some of you this morning, when we're having all the time, you need to bring your journals of hate and bitterness and anger that you keep in your mind. You need to throw them at the feet of God and say, burn that junk away, Lord. Some of you got whole libraries full of bitterness and anger. You need to let God put the torch on that and get rid of it. Come on, amen? Some of you need to get rid of that anger pen. Oh, that angers me. That, makes, that hurts me. Get over it. Come on, because the, the life is too short to allow that to happen in your life. Amen? Love keeps no record along. So external anger, external anger, this is, you know what? This is when you explode all the time. I can't help it. <sighs> Makes me mad. And what happens? And also, you know, people don't want to be around you. Okay. See ya. What's wrong with you? Right? Some of you are like, my goodness, Pastor, calm down. But external anger, it hurts. You may have you may have just gone on a tyrant and you tired and you just blew people and you just went and you gave them everything you had and now your relationship is not right because you said stuff in anger. This is everyone has to have anger. Everyone has to have a push button. But you see, anger must be dealt with before it destroys your relationship with people and with God. So number ten, rising above yourself. This is where this is where you've got to stop justifying your excuse of anger. Well, they did me wrong, Pastor. Man, if I could just I could go and give you a sob story. How many times I've been wrong. Oh my goodness. I don't have time to bore you with the details. I know you like that. You watch the shows on TV, right? Full of how they did me wrong. You know, the judge shows, Judge Judy. I mean, all the, the housewives. I mean, all those shows just talk about how they've done wrong. Did you hear what she said? Did you, see, did you hear what? And so we, it feeds into that. Are you, did you catch this? And you and I don't have time. And, you got, and so you've got to stop saying, well, and sometimes we well that they just get their feelings hurt. Stop stepping on them. Amen? Yeah, there are people that are weak, and, but you need to lift them up. Amen? That was extra. So, so rising above yourself, this is when the Spirit brings to your mind that you need to make things right. Hey, listen, things aren't right between you and so-and-so. You need to make things right. That's the Spirit speaking to you. 
Now, if you keep ignoring that, he's going to stop bugging you about that. And you're going to miss out on, on, you're going to look at that person across the room or at work or the next cubicle because you have to work next to them or you have to work on the project or maybe in the same household and you're angry at them. And God is saying, that's fine. I've told you many times, deal with it. But through God's help, you can deal with it. Amen? This is very important, okay? This is very important. I want you to hear what God's going to say here. The Spirit brings to your mind and says, make things right. Here's the next step. Stop worshiping. Stop what you're doing in life and make things right. Either two things. You need to say to them, I forgive you. Or you need to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And if you do those two things, if you've been hurt and you've got to say, listen, I forgive you. Or listen, I hurt you. I'm sorry, I forgive you. Then you can say, God, I did what you wanted me to do. Not like, oh. Yeah, I mean, remember that I told you about when we were kids and, you know, we'd wrestle and fight the kid next, you know, boys did this mostly and growing up and you'd have an adult and they'd say, come here, Pastor Daniel, I need your help. So, they're like, shake hands. You're like, all right, now things right. Yeah, things right. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. And, and so, so that's not what God is saying. God isn't saying, yeah, just go, sh- uh, sorry. No, he's saying, go make things right. Listen, I'm sorry, I, I blew it. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I acted that way. I should not have done Or if they hurt you, see, listen, I forgive you. Well, who are you to forgive me? doesn't matter. I, I forgive you. I no longer hold a grudge over you. I'm not going to let this bitterness or this rage or this pain hurt my life. Amen? Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There may be a person who doesn't want to make things right, but you're free if you took the right steps. Come on, you've got to do this. You're free. Love them, allow God to deal with them, but don't carry that baggage of bitterness anymore. If they've hurt you and you said, I forgive you, and they're like, ah, what do you mean? You're the one who hurt me. Say, man, listen, I don't, if I offended you, I'm sorry, but I forgive you. And, and, and they want to put baggage back on you, say, eh. go back in Jesus' name. I don't want to carry that anymore. You carry that garbage. I'm free, man. Do you see what I'm saying? You're free. Don't carry that bag. I don't have time to read Psalm 51, but it's on there. Write it down. Number 11, because I want to finish right now. Number 11, anger and worship. You see, the devil wants you and I to be angry and miss out on God. How many times have you and I come into this church or gone to a worship service or gone to Bible study and we've been angry at something and we missed everything that was said and sang and done because we were angry or we were bitter or we were hurt or we were offended. And the devil loves it because then you come to church and God had a special word for you, but you missed it because you're like, oh, look at them. Can you believe what they're wearing? Oh, my goodness. Can you? I can't believe they said hi to me today. Seriously, you have fallen. The devil's like laughing. You're what a sucker you are. You're the moron because you're, you're missing everything. And he's laughing because you're angry and bitter or you're judging everyone. And God's saying, man, I have a special word from you. Here it is. Here it is. Come on, God. Can, God, did you see the way you're dressed? God, did you see the religious act over there? He's like, uh, who's being religious here? To experience the presence of God, we have to live at peace with one another. The devil's our enemy, not people. Come on, amen? The devil is our enemy, not people. To experience the presence of God, you, presence of God, you have to live at peace as much as you can on your part. 
Ephesians 4, 2 and 3, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bear one another in love. Make every effort. What's every effort mean? What? It says make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit throughout the bond of peace. And how many times do churches get divided? Because we're upset about something. We had our feelings hurt or our things didn't work out the way we want or, or whatever. God blesses unity in the church. God blesses unity in a home. God blesses unity in a workplace. God blesses unity in a nation. But when a home is divided, when a church is united, when a workplace is united, when a nation is divided, the devil is having his way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Life is too short to let anger kill us inside and kill our relationships. Don't let the devil ruin your, at least your worship experience. Don't let him destroy your family. Amen? A church that is divided is a weak church. A, ch- a family that is divided is a hurting family. James 4.1 says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? See, he's also reaffirming. Don't let that stuff destroy you. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's stand. And we're going to have an altar time because God wants to call us up here. Please turn off your cell phone, put down your devices, and let's focus on God right now. Angerness and bitterness will kill you if you don't deal with it. Amen? Come on, get it right. Get free today. Amen? Don't let anger destroy your relationships, your faith, destroy your nation or people or your workplace or whatever. Father, we need you today. God, I have angers with issue. You know that. People around me know what, what, what gets me going. And so, Lord, help me to put it under the blood and let the Spirit of God control me, God. And help all of us in this room. Every one of us have anger. Every one of us, there's some of us in this room that are holding on to bitterness. Something happened to us 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 10 years ago, last week, 10 minutes ago. Would you help us not to fall into the trap of the devil? And not fall into that stuff. Father, there may be some in this room that have never accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And it's only through Jesus can we overcome anger. So I'm asking that you speak to their hearts this morning. Right now, friends, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. Jesus came to set you and I free from the trap of the devil, from sin, from anger. And if you've never, this is just for those who've never given their lives to Jesus, who've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life this morning for the first time, I want to give you opportunity. Say, I want to make him the Lord of my life. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I've never done it before. Hands up, hands down. Lord, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, everyone pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept your salvation. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Purify me. Fill me with your love and your power. I am your child. In Jesus' name. Now, the next thing is this. And I don't know if the worship team wants to come or if you want to respond to the altar. But here's what I want God to speak to us. Some of you, you know this. I want to come, come, come to the front. Whether you come to the worship team or altar, come forward if you want to be free from anger and bitterness. You're saying, Pastor Stan, I'm sick and tired of anger and bitterness hurting me, keeping me down, <clears throat> making me hurt other people. Come on, right now. Don't be afraid. Every one of us have anger and bitterness. Would you just let God speak to you? Come on down. Or you know what? The Holy Spirit is calling you to make something right with another person. Come down and say, God, help me. Holy Spirit is dealing with you right now. Say, He wants you to deal with this person. Whether you've got to make a phone call or email them or send them a letter or see them today face to face. Come on. Say, I want to get rid of this anger. I want to get rid of this hurt. I want to get rid of this bitterness. I want to get rid of this explosiveness. I, I want the Spirit of God. I've got to make things right. Come on. Come on. Some of you, anger and, and 
and bitterness are killing your relationships and you don't want that to happen, come on down. Say, I want God to help me not to do that. I want God to restore my relationship. Come to the front. Come on. Some of you say, you know what, Pastor? Anger is keeping me from the presence of God because I'm judgmental. I'm angry. I'm bitter. Come to the front. Say, I want to be free. Come on. Come on. More of you should be coming down. Say, I, I don't want anger to control me. I don't want bitterness to control me. I, I don't want to judge people anymore. That's not my job. I don't, I don't want my relationship to be destroyed because I'm angry. I don't want my anger keeping me from the presence of God. I don't want my judgmental spirit. I don't want to call people fool or idiots anymore because that's not my fault. Come to the front. Come to the front. Some of you need to come front so that you can go and make peace. You're the one that did wrong. And you need God's help to say, I'm sorry. Would you come to the front? Come on. Come on right now. Come on. Come to the front. You want to be free from anger business. Holy Spirit's calling you to make this life with someone. Come to the front. You want to stop anger from destroying your relationship or bitterness or pain. Or, or you're judging people. You want to stop that. Come to the front. Or you don't, you don't want anger to destroy your relationship with God. Come to the front. And then you need to have God's help to help you to go to someone and say you're sorry. Come to the front. Come on. Come to the front. Come to the sides. Come to the front. Wherever you need to come, just make your way to the front if you need to. Leave yourself through. Whatever you want to do, come on. Let the Spirit free you today. Let the birth of Jesus free you today. We surrender, God. Come on. Come on this morning. I, I want to be free of anger. I don't want anger to kill my life and my relationship. Come on to the front. You want to come to the front? You want to come to the front? You want to come to the front? Please come up. Spirit of God, help us. Thank us. Surrender. Come on, surrender your heart. Surrender your pain. Surrender your anger. Surrender your bitterness. Cleanse us, God. Heal us. Deliver us in Jesus' name. We may have been addicted, but heal us of that.
God, have your way in us today. Lord, let us, just like the Holy Spirit, let him blow in us and, and blow out the junk. And then let the fire of the Holy Spirit come in and just purge us and cleanse us and heal us. We want to be free, God. We don't want to give the devil a foothold in our lives anymore. We don't want to be cursing. We don't want to be yelling at people all the time. We don't want to be angry. We don't want to be bitter. Lord, there are some of us where they've been hurt bad, but Lord, we want to forgive now and release those who've hurt us. And Lord, if we're the one that's hurt people, would you help us to go now and forgive someone? Today, friends, God wants you to forgive someone that has hurt you. Friends, today God wants you to ask for forgiveness of those that maybe you've hurt today. Father, help us to be free. You want your church free today. We rebuke you, Satan, from our lives, from our church, from our minds. 